buy, 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 buy. Do you wanna buy CD? Why? I don't have CD player. That's okay. I also sell CD players. Look at this one. It's made in Japan. Sony. Good quality. Why? I don't have a sound system. I don't worry. I have speakers, amplifiers, whatever you need. Nah. I don't have money. Buy. Why? You should have started with that. Buy. Everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Banana Q Podcast. Today's topic was suggested in our Survey Monkey by one of our listeners, and it's about side hustles to supplement incomes. Well, in the Philippines, it's very normal to have side hustles, and realize that this wasn't a global thing when we moved abroad, and we noticed that in Singapore, there are no ice candy for sale signs on our neighbors' doors. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> And nor was it common to see them selling Halo Halo or Isa or Banana Q randomly in front of their houses. Sometimes our houses in the Philippines gets converted to a semi-sari-sari store, right? Mm. There's like a small window to serve customers. So it's a makeshift uh, store. So that's a very common scenario in the Philippines. Exactly. How about you, Didi? Did, you, did your family used to sell anything? Ice candy. <laughs> Ice and ice candy. Yeah, but and also my dad had um a food a snacks business. He was selling like ampau. Oh. Um, what else? Binangkal. Do you know what binangkal? that is? Yeah, I know. What yeah, yeah, is. and I forgot pastillas, but mm. like a bunch of snacks basically. Mm. So that was his business. Yeah, and I know that you have your sira sira store. Yeah, we have our sira sira <laughs> store. But ice candy and ice makes sense, right? Because once you have a refrigerator, mm. it just makes sense to kind of make the most. Of what mm. it can do. Because electricity yep. is running. Might as well have more ice for you to sell. And it's very warm and humid in the Philippines that you know, selling yeah. ice and ice candy actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's why this was so common, right? Mm. And, you know, fruits mm. are so cheap in the Philippines. You have mango-flavored ice candy. Oh, my God, it is so nice. Mm. Buko-flavored. I think we sold langka. So what is oh, that yeah. Langka. Jackfruit. Yeah, Jackfruit-flavored jackfruit ice candy. candy. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. Well, Pinoy's are so entrepreneurial, in fact, that we start very young. It was very common to see elementary school classmates and even teachers peddling food and other items in the classroom. Then, as we yeah. grow older, they moved to our offices. Yeah, right? They also had office mates yes. selling stuff to us. And actually, I have a story about how mm. this isn't normal in Singapore, like mm. Ray said, and how one Filipino learned this the hard way. So we had one colleague, so for the purpose of this podcast, let's call him Rick. Mm, so Rick. Sa Rick. Rick. <laughs> Rick Esteban. So, so he's Filipino. Mm. So one day, he decided to email the distribution list that included everyone in our Singapore office, which was a multinational corporation in finance, by the way. So it's like a serious office, right? And he said in his email that he was selling, I think it was desk calendars or something like that. So after he sent it out, a lot of people started talking about it in a negative way. And they were even laughing at, you know, how they thought it was idiotic that he did such a thing. Mm. And shortly after, he got called into the principal's office. Okay, not the principal. The big boss's <laughs> office. And I suppose he got scolded because shortly after that, he attempted to recall the email. Mm. And then he sent an apology email to everyone for sending mm. it. So I think he thought it was okay to do that because in the Philippines, maybe he did it and did not face those repercussions, right? Yeah, I think everybody was doing it in the Philippines. So people would think it's normal, right? Maybe mm. your office mate peddling, stationery. Normally, it's food, right? It's like snacks. Yeah, it's normally food. Yeah, yeah snacks. Because you get hungry in the office. And sometimes mm -hmm. our offices are not fit with, say, a pantry with free stuff. So... Like the best way mm, exactly. of doing and having access to food will be through your office mate. Yep, that was very common. Yeah. Did you remember? Do you remember what kind of food were available in your office? I remember kind of cupcakes. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Oreo cookies. Yeah, I think people would usually bake something and then sell them. Yeah. Mm. Maybe not office mates, but some random, you know, lady would go inside and have like ulam or you know viands in plastic bags you know during lunchtime or something <laughs> yeah. right that was yes, common yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and then sell them. Oh yeah, yeah. And then palista, palista, which yes. you know they need, they will list down like how much you owe. Mm. And I wonder if people actually audited this list at the end. Like they usually would pay during payday. Oh yeah. Right. Like for example, Ate Zeni or mm. something will say, "Hey Ray, you owe me one thousand pesos." Does Ray actually go and? You know, look through the list and make sure that it's correct or something. I don't know I, because I don't remember having this kind of scenario in my office. But in my mom's office, they mm. had this. So mm. I don't know. How That's that a works. good point. Maybe you have a rough idea, right? Say, for example, you buy mm. from that person lunch every day and roughly thirty days, and then you have your mental math going on. But yes, you're right. There is kind of a common sense of trust, right? That mm-hmm. you, know, you trust that person is being open and honest about. His math, his accounting, or her accounting. Mm-hmm. So, you don't really mm-hmm. think ill about that. But it there's also a risk, right, for the seller. What if the person who owe that person money resigned, and mm. <laughs> or not resigned, but maybe kicked out of the office? So sudden <laughs> departure. Then, oh, that person still owe me money for the food for lunch food. <laughs> mm. So but maybe usually he they would do it like every quinceañas, right? In the yeah, Philippines, payday is usually every 15 days. Yes. Unlike in, say, abroad, it's usually once a month. Yeah. But in the Philippines, people need their money more often. I think yeah. because we're terrible at budgeting or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need side hustle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that is why kind of selling is a very good place to start with our mm-hmm. conversation, right? Because... That is very easy to do. Like you can just get mm. stuff, whatever stuff you can get that people would need and buy in an opportune way, you can, you know, sell items. And we found a place online that gives us a lot of tips about what side hustles we can do in the modern mm. age. Because obviously selling stuff in your office probably is an outdated idea right now. So this mm-hmm. comes from a website called www.entrepreneur.com. Starting mm-hmm. a business. What are the side hustles we can do in 2023? And number one on the items on the list is number one, sell items on eBay, Craigslist, or Facebook Marketplace. We would also like to add Instagram, Shopee, Lazada, Carousel, and in person, which was yeah, in the our example. <laughs> yeah, but I think having all these platforms to buy and sell stuff really helps kind of the economy, the gig economy, right? Like going. Like mm. You don't have to know a lot of people for as long as your item for sale is in that platform, you get instant access to a lot of potential buyers. Unlike before, probably mm. if it's in person, you need to introduce yourself or you need to make know mm. that person that, hey, I'm selling lunch, okay? Let me know if you need anything. But right now, everything is digital. So have you have wider reach, that's a good point, actually. Mm. And this can be done not just by Filipinos in the Philippines, but mm. you know, even if they're abroad. Like, I actually have a friend here. Mm. What she does, maybe you can consider doing this if, you know, if you're looking for a side hustle for other people out there, is that you can buy stuff that is available in your country mm. that is cheaper there. For example, in Hong Kong, branded items are cheaper here compared to the Philippines. Mm. High-end brands, I'm talking about like, for example, Goyard bags, mm. which are more expensive than Louis Vuitton. So apparently there's no Goyard shop in the Philippines or something. I don't know. But she has a lot of, not even friends. They started out maybe as a friend of a friend, but then now there are like a lot of people asking for her to buy them stuff. Oh. And obviously she she puts, uh, you know, a patong or what do you call this, uh, cut on these items, right? So it's, it's lucrative. Mm. So yeah, and if she just gets, let's say, even like a 5% or 10% cut of a Chanel item, that mm. is a lot of money already, right? Yeah, it is. I know that there are people who are good at this. I am very lazy about <laughs> selling. I am not that kind of person. Mm. But I know people who do that who are mm. very good at, you know, they like shopping for mm. other people. I'm That's not. Right. I like shopping for myself, <laughs> not for other people. Well, even if you don't <laughs> like shopping, even if you kind of are not into looking for quick profits, then perhaps you look at your stuff and instead of throwing them away, maybe they can have a second owner, like pre-loved mm. items. Like True. In in Japan, there's this, what they call a website called Motainai, which means such a waste. So instead of you throwing away your jacket, maybe post it online and perhaps somebody mm. would 
would love to buy it, take it out of your closet, give it some space, and maybe pay you something extra, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this also is green, right? I mean, it helps the environment. It does, yes. Yeah, it, it's because recycling. instead of you throwing it somewhere, then, you know, one month's trash is another month's trash. Or yeah, I love words. that. So actually, for high-end items, you can sell them on this website called Vestiare. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you have this like I don't know Louis Vuitton or whatever, um, if you have this branded bags that you don't use anymore, and then you could sell them on there, even if it's not super expensive, at least you get something back, and mm. it's not just sitting there gathering dust, right? Yeah, I mean a tip there would be don't be too sentimental, right? Like, mm. You 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 sometimes hold on to your stuff because oh it brings back all those memories. You know what? It's mm-hmm. just gathering dust. You know, why don't you yeah. turn that item into gold, into money? Something yep. that you can use, perhaps buy something else. So the second item that we picked from that same article is drive for Uber or Lyft. Or in the case of the Philippines, Grab. Mm. So from the article, it says, One of the most widely available side hustles is to drive for Uber or Lyft. The sharing economy has quite literally exploded and both Uber and Lyft are at the forefront. The best part, you can turn on and off your availability through these networks with a simple click of a button, effectively allowing you to make extra bucks with ride sharing in your spare time. And of course, so I think this is a good suggestion for people, obviously, who drive, who have a car. Not like me, I don't have that. Maybe for you, Ray, because hmm. you drive there. I don't know, does Japan have Uber no, or so Lyft? There's a very strong attachment of the taxi network to the government mm. that Uber is not technically allowed here in Japan. So no, there's no gig economy okay. for drivers here in Japan, unfortunately. Well, that's fine. I mean, I understand where they're coming from, right? They're protecting the livelihood mm. of the taxi drivers, which makes sense. I know that in other countries, like I remember in Thailand, I think the taxi drivers are mad at, I don't know if they have Uber or Grab there because mm. they are effectively taking jobs away from the actual taxi drivers, right? Mm. Who have spent many years studying the roads. They have memorized where to go and all that. So <laughs> I, I suppose it makes sense. But, you know, if you're in a country that has all of these, then I guess you could take advantage of it. Like I remember my Singaporean teammates used to do Grab Hitch, which allows them to pick up people who would like to hitch a ride towards the same direction they're going. So mm. it's not even like something that's completely out of their way. Mm. Right, like you know, I'm just going to work, so I'm gonna turn this on, and then maybe somebody's on the way there as well can pick it. Anything's cheaper. Mm. It's probably why some people do that. So yeah, you could do that if you just want some extra something to maybe help you with your gas or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because a lot of the times, if you own a car, maybe eighty to ninety percent of its lifetime is actually spent parked, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so m- might as well make use of the car like if you're paying amortization or if you have a loan for your car why not get something that would help you pay off your loan so maybe mm. you drive off to your office and maybe hire a driver that would use your car once you're in your office and then you know while you're working your car is actually making money for you that's also a good idea mm. yeah i mean okay. there was a promise before of automated driving right i think it's one of these technologies that people overpromise, and then 10 years later, we're, we still don't have automated driving, right? Because can you imagine if your car has autonomous driving, mm. it can actually make money for you without oh, yeah, hiring a driver? Point. Like, mm-hmm. okay, take me to my office, and then once I'm in the office, go pick up passengers. <laughs> mm, go be an yeah. automated Uber. So hopefully, maybe 10, 20 more years, I don't know what exactly is the timeline but yeah hopefully we get there another example is still on the same theme of making use of your existing resources is why don't you rent your spare room on airbnb now airbnb Mm. according to the site airbnb offers a great resource for people that are willing to rent out a spare room or even their entire home where if you're in a bind for some fast cash then airbnb offers you an avenue for creating a great side hustle. You'll get paid 24 hours after a guest checks in, which is, you know, to avoid any problems or potential scams that might arise. <laughs> Some people earn their primary income just by renting out their real estate on Airbnb. Maybe you have a summer house that you maybe use only two, three times a year, 
or your house is too big, your your kid has moved on, mm. he's now on a separate dormitory or wherever it is, if you have an extra space that you can rent out, perhaps consider maybe you can do Airbnb. Have you tried Airbnb before? It's it's a really good service, right? I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It's a different way of experiencing a different country or a different location. Because mm-hmm. if you're stuck in a hotel, maybe you're in a city center. What surrounds you are tourist traps. But if you're ah. in in a different location, you're in a residential area, taking an Airbnb, your atmosphere is more local. I think mm. you'll have a very unique experience getting an airbnb yeah i suppose so but i think nowadays i see some people complaining about airbnb mm. because mm. i mean probably depends on the location i don't know where the location for those are but like they now tend to overcharge people for random things and they ask for too many things like you need to keep this clean you know there are so many rules oh. like if you see for example it's being advertised for let's say 50 dollars a night you choose that because you think it's cheaper than a hotel. But then once you get to the end, there's like so many add-ons. Oh, so it's I see. Like a lot of people are saying you, it's cheaper to actually get a hotel because it already has cleaning service and all that compared to the Airbnb, which you need to clean it. You need to blah, 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 blah. So I guess just choose, mm. you know, read the fine print that, you know, that it's actually worth your money, I ah, suppose, interesting. to stay in them. Yeah, I have not tried that type of yeah maybe read a fine print because mm. because it's airbnb that means the lessor or the person mm. lending you the room has the authority or to create guidelines what yes. can or cannot yeah. be done uh, yep. so yeah read carefully and tread lightly <laughs> yeah yes all right so the fourth one is manage social media for small businesses so many small businesses need a social media manager and simply don't have the time nor the expertise to be constantly posting on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, mm. or Twitter. So take it upon yourself to contact local businesses and offer up your services for a contracted monthly fee. Managing a social media account is an easy way to make extra money online no matter where you live. Now, I actually know someone who does this for a full-time job now. She was one of my blogger friends who is based in London. Mm. So she used to have a different job that she used to hate. But then she realized that she could do social media for other people and make around the same amount of money. So she decided to quit that other job. And I think that was more than five years ago now. And she's very happy about the decision. So. It does make make you money then if she can quit a full-time job in London. We're mm. talking about London here, right? Which I'm sure pays better than, say, the Philippines or something. So I think that's something you can definitely consider then. Yeah, so that is one gem in a side hustle, right? Sometimes they can turn into a full-time employment mm. or full-time job just because you started out maybe earning a few bucks and then you fell in love with that endeavor and, you know, it has mm. overshadowed whatever it is, the full-time job that you hated or you had to do just so you can have payment for rent at the end of the month. So Mm. it does turn into something gold like that. And next one is sell services on Fiverr with a double R. And Mm. we've used this website in our podcast, right? In fact, the podcast art, the banana design is from Fiverr. Yes. D and I, we are not artists. We cannot mm-hmm. draw the same way other people are. So we mm. went to Fiverr, commissioned a Filipina to bounce ideas mm. of what could be a good podcast art for our Banana Q podcast. And so there you have it. And it cost probably $5 as well. It's not that <laughs> expensive. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's called Fiverr, right? Because services start out before as $5, but... Some sellers are earning six-figure plus revenues annually. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you can sell just about anything on this website, right? Uh, Podcast development, as we've mentioned, to proofreading. So if you're good in grammar, you have a talent with languages, yeah, you can do proofreading. However, to succeed Mm -hmm. and become a super seller, you need to deliver massive amounts of value, even those lower price points. Yeah, because there's a lot of competition Mm -hmm. in this website, right? Yeah. If you sell yourself at, say a proofreader, then what distinguishes you from the million 
proofreaders mm. already available in Fiverr. It's usually just getting the traction of having that first customer and getting a five-star rating and very good review. And that first customer turns into a second customer, then word of mouth, it spreads. So yeah, uh, growing your mm. own customer base on Fiverr. Yeah, because you need to amass a lot of five-star ratings. I suppose mm. so that you would gain visibility, right? Because yeah. if you go on Fiverr and you, you want to hire someone, you will usually look at the ratings. The next is start a blog. Mm. The article says, you won't make good money that fast with a blog. But if you start a blog and deliver enormous amounts of value, you could set yourself up with a platform for receiving a tremendous amount of passive income. Mm. This hustle idea is something you can easily build on the side with just a few hours of work per week, but you need to stay consistent and post great content regularly. Okay, so I could actually speak about this because I used to earn a bit from my blog back in Singapore. Mm. Back then, there were websites that bloggers could sign up for if they want a chance to get paid to review items, which I think back then it was usually beauty products. So once you sign up, they would profile you and then you would start getting invitations to work on something. And then you would decide to accept, you know, which mm. of these jobs you want to accept. And then they would send you the item that you need to review as well as the instructions like how many words, mm. do you need to include a picture, blah, blah, blah. And then you would get paid you know, a certain amount. And they would state that in the offer. Mm. And that's why you decide whether is this worth my effort or what. And I think they, they used to pay around, what, 50 Singapore dollars to even over oh, 100, depending nice. on the sponsor. You know, eventually you get more established. And then I guess you get more SEO as well. So SEO is um, search engine optimization, right? So I guess the websites start to recognize you more because you've posted more items already, which are when people Google something like a product, Let's say banana queue review or something, <laughs> and then they would land on your website, right? So you start to get a reputation or something mm. on the internet, basically. You so you start influencer. getting, yes, after that, you don't even need to sign up for these websites because random companies will just email you mm. and then ask you directly if you'd like to get sponsored products and you know, review it for them and you know, get paid for it. Awesome. Some of my lucrative items were actually like, for example, I got like. A laser package, which is very expensive, right? From mm. a beauty salon, facials, those kinds of things. But you get paid twice, right? First of all, you receive the product for you to test. So if it's beauty product, if it's makeup, then yes, you get free makeup. Mm. And secondly, you get paid. Yes. 50 to $100. This is actually good. Yeah, mm. because some of those items that I received, I didn't know about them before, mm. right? And because I tested them, then I found out about them. And then I really liked them. Mm. I ended up really liking them. So it was good, yeah. Unless... Like I remember I was given a mattress topper Ooh, one wow. time. And it was so soft. Yeah, and now I don't have one here. And I'm like, maybe I should buy a mattress <laughs> <laughs> it's, Maybe it's you should reach out again to that sponsor. And, hey, <laughs> I, lost my, I lost my stuff. Can you send me back? Um, un unless, what I'm, I was to say is, unless you have an allergic reaction to the product, that the fifty mm. to a hundred dollars that they pay you will be enough to uh, yeah you know, yeah true that's a good point pay for hospital <laughs> bills <laughs> mm. yeah that is a good point um I also got like requests for those but I stopped accepting them because it was starting to like seem dodgy you know mm. like your website becomes dodgy because they would just like say hey we know your website has good seo we have this article can you publish it on your website mm. as is and mm. i would just pay you 40 bucks something like that so ah. it's easy money right yeah yeah but then for me after like i don't want to do this it seems like i'm just i don't know maybe for you if you don't care about such things it's mm. good but i don't know i seem to think that i don't want to have like a lot of junk on my blog or whatever right. so that's why i didn't do them a lot and and blog, you can also think about this as a vlog, right? Because YouTube also has a lot of those mm, yeah, YouTube. influencers where they test out stuff in front of a camera and then people would buy those items and they would get a kickback or a commission out of those items. Yeah. And I think probably nowadays vlog is more lucrative than blog. Mm, I think so too. people don't really read mm. nowadays. Like people like to watch more. Yeah. So I think you should start a vlog instead. And then YouTube, you can monetize it anyway. Mm. 
But there are certain rules. I think you need to. I can't remember the rules, but like you have to have, let's say, a minimum of like let's say a hundred subscribers, or is it just hundred or maybe a thousand? Who knows? And then you have to have a number of hours, and mm. you have. I think it was probably mentioned in that episode we did where we interviewed the vloggers. Remember a table for two, please. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. But it was an early episode, so I've already forgotten what they said. But mm. yeah, there are rules before you can monetize. Nowadays, in the past, it was easy. I think I was able to monetize my my YouTube channel before, even though it was there was like what I had what ten subscribers or mm-hmm. something. I don't even remember. But now it's not that easy because obviously there you know everyone is on YouTube. Yeah, everyone's so, everyone's doing yeah. this now. Next item is tutor over Skype or probably Zoom nowadays, right? Yeah. So another mm-hmm. creative side hustle idea: you can tutor people over Skype or Zoom no matter where you might live. This is great, especially if you're a digital nomad and you're looking to earn more money than the local job market can potentially provide. Tutoring people from United States or United Kingdom if you're traveling through Asia or another local of living country around the world. And there are a lot of things that you can tutor, right? Language yep. is one of the most uh, biggest subject uh, tutoring. So I know of a lot of yep. friends who are in Japan wanting to learn English would use Mm-mm. kind of online tutorial instead of them going or traveling to countries, say Philippines, it costs a lot less if you know mm. it's, it's online tutoring. And there are a lot of Filipinos who offer those services because our English is, I would say, very good in conversation. It's already enough mm. to make good for training already rather than yep. spending a lot of money, say, hiring an actual British or an American person teaching you <laughs> English, right? So true, true. we are mm-hmm. a lot cheaper. Yeah. We are more cost competitive. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, good idea. Right, and in relation to this, I guess uh, we can also create an online course. Mm. So you could create this on a platform like Udemy or Teachable and leverage some of your skills to create a healthy extra income. Depending upon how much time you invest in your course, you could make a substantial side revenue stream by creating courses that deliver tremendous amounts of value. Mm. I've actually never gone on these websites, have you? I've Udemy or n- not Udemy. I tried something else. I forgot what it is, but online courses right now are actually very, very good. Like I used to find online courses boring and you know not enough substance, but now people really stepped up because of the competition, right? Um, mm. So say, for example, if there's a certain topic that you don't understand or you want a deep dive, but then you don't actually know anyone who has the ability to teach you unless you enroll in a proper university. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's only one subject of the 80 subjects that you have to take on and, you know, it spends mm. you, you, it takes a lot of money, but... Online courses are very specific. They're like a sniper on a specific subject matter. So if there's mm-hmm. anything you're confused about, you want to deep dive on, yeah, there are online courses for it. Whether it's photography, mm-hmm. whether it's, I don't know, acting, you want to improve your acting. There's even a website that has a platform that could teach you a lot of certain masterclass. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if you don't know what you want to learn, masterclass offers a lot of subjects. I haven't actually signed up because it's very pricey. Mm. It's like $300 yeah, But something. I've seen ads for it, yes. Mm. So yeah, I think you could do that if mm. you have something that you could teach other people. Then yeah. go ahead and do it. And next one is, this one is not online, not digital. <laughs> Become a nanny or a babysitter. Mm. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> so if you need to make some quick cash, you could always start babysitting or even become a part-time nanny. You use a variety of sites to do this, like care.com or see, even here it's digital or sitter city <laughs> or even post your services on social media sites. You'll get vetted and rated of your services. Be sure to provide a top-notch experience. So that's according to the website. And I think places like, or countries like Japan, there's a scarcity of babysitters, probably because... Japan is still very strict on welcoming foreigners, right? So they're dependent on their domestic labor. But the sense is babies need to be taken care of if the parents need to work, right? Like sometimes it's so hard to sacrifice your source of income, your employment. So instead of you quitting your job, why don't you maybe look for a nursery? And if nurseries are already full, then look for a babysitter. And that's where this side hustle Mm. comes in. 
we are known for our babysitting skills, Filipinos, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, not me though. I don't know how to babysit, so gay. But. Maybe not maybe not before, <laughs> now that you have a cat. No, but that's the next item, actually. You mm. could walk dogs or become a pet sitter. Mm. So I could be a cat sitter. Mm. So almost anyone can walk dogs. So if you live in a dog-filled neighborhood, create a few flyers on your computer and slip them into mailboxes. Identify yourself as a dog walker and pitch your price. Mm. Build up a steady stream of clients and your dog walking services will grow over time. Or I'm sure there are websites that also that you could sign up to be a dog walker. Mm. Or again, as I mentioned, a pet sitter. Like for example, recently I had to go to Macau, right? And it was like pretty last minute and I didn't know where to leave my cat. Mm. So I just went on this website called, I think it's Petbacker. It's kind of like Fiverr, but for... <laughs> or, People who can either sit for your pets or walk your pets, I guess. And then they also have reviews. So it's really like Fiverr. And then you can choose based on that. And then they have the price like per day or something like that. Mm. And this person that I chose, uh, she she has three cats herself. Mm. So she thought like, you know, what's one or two extra cats, right? I and see. she said she really loves cats. She's just doing it because she loves cats. I mean, she lives in this really fancy place. She is a more fancy house than me. So I believe her that she's just really doing this for, you know, just extra income really maybe so she could buy extra food for her cats or something. Mm. I don't know. That's a good point. Now, if you're clumsy, you actually can't take responsibility for living things like baby or pets, then you mm-hmm. can sit houses. If that's <laughs> like, it's not sitter. moving, right? You can be a house sitter. <laughs> it's not moving. All you need to do uh-huh. is be there and... Mm-hmm. Make sure that there are no burglars, and you just make yourself mm-hmm. known that there's somebody here, so burglars were, will not go. Or if you want to earn more, then perhaps you can clean, <laughs> be a mm-hmm. housekeeper, right? I think that's uh-huh. that's a good side hustle. There's a lot of sitting that you can do, mm. babysit, pet sit, or house sit. I wonder if you can pay someone to plant sit, but maybe not. I think that's <laughs> watering your pet. <laughs> In Japan, I just remember, in Japan, you can be hired as a companion while eating. Oh. If you don't feel like eating alone, you can actually hire somebody to eat with you. But I think that's how mukbang started, right? What's mukbang again? These people on YouTube usually who film themselves while they're eating. Ah, Usually huge amounts of food. But it started off not as that weird stuff that you just eat a lot of food. Mm. I think it just started as like someone can just play a video that they can watch while they're eating so that they don't feel lonely. I see. That's how it started apparently. I think it also, I think it started in Japan or Korea, one of those places. And then it became this whole different thing that now people are purposely making weird sounds while eating and ASMR. whatnot. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of food, another option is to become a personal chef. Mm. So are you a good cook? So maybe not a mukbanger, but a good cook. So you could become a personal chef and prepare meals for other people. You could easily market your services on social media or even go all out and build yourself a website. There are also plenty of websites you can use to market your services such as Hire a Chef. You know, one of my friends, the one who decided to become a chef, remember, Mm. used to be in Hong Kong and he's currently in Australia and I think he's a personal chef there. So that's kind of something that you can do then. Yeah, that's awesome. Go around and cook for people. Mm. And I think it's probably better also in the sense of like, you know, you, you get to decide what you want to do and not be bossed around in the kitchen, right? Like, there is this show called The Bear, I think. It's on this. Oh, yeah, class. we've it's seen that. It's very popular, yeah, right? Very, yeah. So can show. you imagine? It's very high-stress situation. Mm. So if you're the kind of person who cannot thrive on such a high-stress situation, you might end up stabbing someone accidentally, spoiler alert, but you know what I mean, right? So maybe it's better to be a personal chef or maybe actually in Philippine lingo, you're just a cocinero (laughs) (laughs) for other people. Yeah. (laughs) And if you can level up, right? Say, for example, you have a wealthy client, then perhaps apply science and be a dietitian slash personal Mm. chef. Like I can curate... Your food so that your energy needs are met. Say, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Like you can level up. Yeah. Like instead of just cooking, perhaps also curate the type of food what that person would consume. 
And if you're into cars, you can wash and detail cars. Well, the thing about owning a car is you end up probably like buying a lot of stuff, right? Wrenches, all the tools, all the fancy tools that instead of you just using them for your own car, why don't you expand your services to other people, mm. right? Uh, yeah, well, especially washing car. My problem here in Japan is the parking lots are actually very small. It's very close to each other. And it's like, you know, multi-story parking. You don't actually have mm. access to water. So it's very hard to wash your own car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, unlike, say, in the U.S. or in the Philippines where you have, yeah, your, they have their own front yard. You yeah. have your own front yard. You can do whatever of your car, right? So, so yeah, it probably it's difficult here in Japan and they have their own automated car washers here. So there's definitely competition in the non-personal mm. way. But yeah, I think in the Philippines, it is quite common to sell your mm. services, right? Car wash and all that. Yeah, and mm. also I think in, like you mentioned, US, I think teenagers, in, again, we don't know if this is reality, but it seems like in movies, that's what teenagers do. Mm. They would, you know, do a car wash. So the next item, well, this is maybe linked to what you said earlier about, you know, become a personal chef. Now you can also be a personal trainer. Mm. So if you're a fitness junkie, you can find clients. You can help out to achieve their weight loss or fitness goals. So maybe if you're good at cooking, at the same time, you're also like, you know, good at uh, lifting weights and whatnot. And then then you could also teach other people. Or Mm. maybe probably it's better if you're actually, you take a course to teach other people or something you don't you don't want to act cause of someone being an accident perhaps but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i just realized probably yeah i could create meal plans or construct workout routines and mm. you could make an admirable income for your efforts so make sure to get the proper fitness training certifications first oh, actually it's mentioned here and i remember in singapore i did have a personal trainer she she was also filipino but she had a fitness training certification but instead of working for a company she decided to just do one-on-one training like and what she would do is you should actually go to you so it was better for me right like Mm. i don't need to actually go out of my way to some gym instead we would meet at you know one of the playgrounds under the hdbs okay Mm. hdb is like apartment building government apartment buildings right they they usually would have like a playground they would have these machines that elderly people use to exercise mm. so that was where we would exercise and aside from those we didn't really use those machines so much she would have her own like stuff like she would bring yoga mats and she would bring those i can't remember what they're called you know those things that you need to pull and she would also bring like a this very heavy ball mm. it looks like like a volleyball but it's super heavy you know what i mean like you need mm. to actually throw it and whatever so she she came prepared it nice. was good because it's one-on-one and then you don't need to go somewhere far away and because you know someone's going to you then you will be forced to actually wake <laughs> up and go downstairs right <laughs> You have to do it. Otherwise, that person will not stop ringing the doorbell. Come down. You're paying for this. What are you doing? Yes. yes. And the next and last item on our list is if you live in a vacation destination, say Cebu, Iloilo, Burakai, be a local tour guide. Yes. This is actually a very smart idea. And it's not that hard to do. A tip is join in a tour, right? Yourself, you join a tour and take a look at mm-hmm. what are the places that the tour guide is, you know, <laughs> taking you. Uh-huh. And maybe update it a little bit, make some twists, modify it, make it your own personal style, and then voila, you have your own yeah. tour. You know, <laughs> be it uh, an actual going to different islands kind of tour or a simple food tour, which I think is very easy to do right because all you need to do is mm-hmm. number one get suppliers so if you're a food tour maybe contact good restaurants that say hey i'll bring five people regularly could you mm. you know create some unique dish for us and all that and perhaps mm-hmm. give us an intro of what this food is why it's mm-hmm. popular you know what ingredients make it so anything that would make mm-hmm. your tour stand out if I were to introduce myself to Fiverr and if I were to sell services, I think this one is a good item for me to sell. Be yeah. Because I've been doing it for free with my friends, right? Whenever people oh, come yeah. to Tokyo. 
I would do it. But yeah, if I have yeah. to do it for a fee for strangers, then yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd sell it. And I think it's mentioned here that one thing you could do to make sure a lot of people would sign up is to offer it for free, but ask for a tip at the end. I remember we did this in Amsterdam. No, we didn't give the tour, mm. but we signed up for, I can't remember which website. I think it was viator.com mm. or something. So he was giving free walking tours mm. of Amsterdam. So in the end, you just it's up to you how much you give, right? Now, obviously, we Asians are kuripot because we're not used to giving tips, mm. right? So I think we just gave, what, five euros each probably or something. But there were a lot of people in the tour and probably those other people gave more. Mm. Let's say there were like 10 or 20 people. I don't know. And it's not just one tour per day, right? If you're free, then more people are going to sign up with you. So... It's that's probably, really yeah, tip. even if you just get like 5 euros per person, that's still a lot. It's 50 euros for 10 people. Mm. And then another good tip about giving free tours and expecting tips at the end is end your free tour near an ATM or a convenience store. So if people <laughs> say, oh, I don't have cash. Actually, there's an ATM. Like, <laughs> no excuses, okay. my friend. Mm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good tip. Before we close, the one thing we didn't cover was what were the things that you used to do as a side hustle before? You've mentioned blogging. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anything else? That's a good point. Okay, maybe you should start. You're the one who has a lot of side gigs before. I can't admit it before, but but now I think the statute of limitations have passed. But I used to (laughs) download songs, burn them to CDs, and sell them to people. And Mm. I think it was opportune because it... CDs used to cost a lot more, perhaps kind of mm. uh, a pack of five, pesos or yeah, something. Pesos, but mm. because CDR King was born, you can actually buy one CD for say three pesos and oh. a CD case for one peso. So in total, my raw materials would cost five pesos. Three pesos for mm-hmm. CD, one peso for the case, and another peso for the label. Like I would print out the label with the list of the songs. So it cost mm-hmm. me five pesos, but I would sell the CD for like 35 pesos. Oh, not bad. Yeah. So it's yeah. a really high margin. <laughs> <laughs> At first, it was my relatives who were buying my CDs. Like my uncle would invest in this very good sound system, right? And I would tell my uncle, mm. you know what's missing in your sound system? Very cool music. And I have mm-hmm. just the spot for you. Like, tell me what you want. <laughs> Uh, and my, my uncles used to love 80s music, so I would download all the 80s, right? And then I would give them a list. Like, I have a database of all the songs that I have. And then tell me maybe 9 to 10 songs per CD. Mm. And I, I would rip them for you. I would burn them for you. And then, you know, 35 pesos per CD. And then mm-hmm. my client base grew from relatives to word of mouth. You know, neighbors mm. come in. And then obviously that gig changed as well because CDs became unpopular with the birth of MP3 players. Mm-hmm. But but I transitioned as well. Like, fine, give me your MP3 player. I'll put in all the songs that you want. Because yeah, people didn't form, used to right? have yeah MP4. So internet back then was, was still a luxury in the Philippines, right? So mm-hmm. if you have the actual file, the soft copy of the song, then... It's still something that you can sell. Well, it is it is copyright infringement, but but yeah, that's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of Filipinos did that. Obviously, mm. it's not legal. It's piracy, right? But yeah. unfortunately, that's how we did things in the Philippines. It was very common, not just music, but TV shows. You just buy the DVD, DVD, yeah, right? DVD, yeah. <laughs> that's how I ended up watching Friends mm. and. A lot of other shows, the K-dramas and whatnot, because Mm. back then you didn't have the luxury of just watching or binging whole seasons because they needed to be played on, say, RPN9 or ABC5 or something, right? And then Mm. what if your parents don't want to watch that? They want to watch ABS-CBN or whatever. That's why I missed out on a lot of TV shows before. And we didn't have Netflix Mm. before. Yeah. So that is why that was the option that was given to you, which was, okay, we're saying, obviously it's illegal, guys. We know that it's bad, but it's very common in the Philippines to have mm. these pirated CDs, um, not just being sold by your cousin or whatever in race case, but also by actual vendors in malls, yeah. right? In Makati That's or right. wherever. Yeah. yeah. So this was a very common side hustle in the Philippines, mm. as a That's matter right. of fact. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, I never did this. I'm not really an entrepreneurial person. But 
as I mentioned, I my dad had a business, so I was kind of forced to sell these products <laughs> to my classmates, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> so they called me like the Ampau Queen or something because, you know, I had to sell Ampau, which was named after me, by the way. So that's probably why. Anyway, um, what else? I think I did sell, though, like Avon or ah, Avon products and yeah. Sara Lee. I think it's supposed to be an MLM scheme. You know, mm-hmm. multi-level mm-hmm. marketing scheme, yeah. but I did not like really sign up to be in the MLM part mm. because MLM, how it works is you need to give your money. Say you need to give ten thousand pesos, and then you get like products in kind, and then you need to sell them. But at the same time, you need to recruit two people under you. So it's mm. like a pyramid or something, right? Yeah. So I guess what happened for me was my friend was just like, "Can you help me sell these mm. things?" And you get let's say ten percent commission, commission or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I did. So I wasn't really like in the ML- MLM part of it. But my friend was, you know what I mean? Like she just shared her commission with me basically. Gotcha. So I, I, I don't really like selling things. Mm. So that's what I did. I just did it for like, okay, yeah. I mean, and for me, if I want something, then I also get the discount, right? Because yeah. I would want to buy the lip gloss or whatever it is from Avon. And mm. then at least I would get a discount. So that's, I think that's what I mostly did. Side hustles. Time for an upgrade, though. What would be a good side hustle now? Well, we have all these avenues, right? Online and all that. Mm. Fiverr.com, for example. So there's no excuse, actually, not to have a side hustle. But we want to close this episode by also considering before spending a lot of resources, time, effort, money on side hustles, maybe think about your energy and focus on your career maybe it's derailing it right try to not mm-hmm. encroach on your main source of income yeah right? if you are in a privileged position of being in a job that has a ladder that can lead to a good position which will pay more money in the long term maybe it's better to just focus on said career instead of doing so many side gigs instead right yeah because what if you're you're thinking oh my salary is so small anyway like for example you started out and what audit or whatever, and you start off with say, what is it, ten or fifteen thousand? Oh, it's small, so you're doing side hustling. But then as a result, you're doing poorly at work, mm. and you're not getting promoted because you are terrible at your work already, yeah. right? Because <laughs> you're not focused. Yeah. So yeah, maybe you shouldn't do those side hustles. I mean, think long term, right? Mm. And I remember there's a famous quote by the character Ron Swanson in one of my favorite TV shows, Parks and Recreation. And the quote goes, never half-ass two things, whole ass one thing. <laughs> whole ass one thing. Okay, that's one way of yeah, saying Yeah, so that's what he's saying, right? Like, you know, don't have too many fingers in different pots. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's actually the saying, but you know what I mean? Like, mm. just maybe focus on your career instead and eventually it will bloom into, you'll get promoted and then eventually you'll be earning more. There's a level of confidence. Like if you're still starting out on your career, you're you're still climbing that ladder. I think focus your hundred ten percent to that mm-hmm. career because mm-hmm. as you as D mentioned, right, you'll end up serving a lot of masters. Your your time is split to different things, and then you're not very good at anything. Then you'll yeah. not end up with anything. You'll probably lose your job. And then all you're left yeah. with is a lot of items to sell, like a lot of Sara Lee and Avon products to sell. <laughs> then it's a terrible way of ending your career. Yeah. And, and also, I just realized like in certain countries, right, if you are on a work visa, you're not even allowed to earn money from anything other mm. than what you were hired for. Yeah. So is it worth risking your main job for all these side hustles? So think about that also, That's right? right. Yeah. yeah. But if you have no such concerns like you're a permanent resident or even a citizen now in the country that you live in, wherever you are, and you're, or if you're in a dead-end job that has no chance of earning you much more money so you're surviving on side hustles, then I hope that our suggestions would help. And if you're already doing some side gigs, what has been the most profitable in your experience? Let us know. Follow us on Instagram at BananaKeyPodcast and DM us or email us BananaKeyPodcast at gmail.com and your answers might be featured in the next Cutie Minute. Time for our followers. Cutie Minute. Your thoughts in our voice. Cutie Minute. Not really one minute, but we're calling it Cutie Minute. 
<laughs> Our first cutie is Charlene, and this is in relation to episode 103 Misconceptions about Filipinos dating foreigners. Charlene says, Shocks, thank you, you guys nailed it. Oh, by the way, Charlene was the one who suggested the episode, right? Yeah. So she further says, Natawa ako nung sinabi mo, it's so annoying. Why do people say that? At least someone else gets it. And love your closing. Upgrade your operating system. LOL. More power to you guys. I'll just be here and we'll keep on listening. Thank you, Charlene. Very kind words. Yeah, and I'm glad that we were able to do justice to the topic that you suggested. Mm-hmm. And our next cutie is Ken Osor. And this is a review that he left on podchaser.com. Mm-hmm. He gave us five stars and said, one of the best Filipino podcasters. I'm struggling mentally this year, but every time I listen to their episodes, I forgot that I had a problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. They are also engaging to their fans. Please don't sleep on Banana Key Podcast. Try it. Listen to them. Wow. Thank you, Ken. And I'm glad that we were able to help you forget your problems. <laughs> and for maybe just uh, an hour or something like that. Right? Uh... <laughs> Thank you, Ken, for reminding me that I have problems. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> what? Everybody has problems, Everybody right? Has Unless problems. you're in the cemetery or something, they are saying that's, that's that true, those are the only true. people who have no problems, right? Yes, so yes. if you have a problem, you should consider yourself lucky because that means you're still alive. So anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you are listening right now. And please also give us a five-star rating on yes. Podchaser like, like Ken, Ken did. Like Ken, yes. Be like Ken, bro. Be like Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wasn't there a meme like that before? No? Really? Like, yeah, there was a meme. Not like Ken, be like someone. But I forget what calls that someone. But yeah, anyway. But not just Podchaser, but also on Spotify or Apple. You can do that as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much. And that is it for now. Bye. Bye.